Well, last week we actually started uh, the end of our series. We, we had some fun with it and we did a choose your own adventure. And so last week we talked about actually receiving the baton as somebody were to pass on their life's work to you, maybe their life's passion or um, is uh, you can receive that well. And how do you receive it well? How do you prepare yourself to receive it? And so first service last week, we discussed passing on a baton to somebody. In second service, we did receiving the baton. So we're flip-flopping that. And your adventure today is we're going to talk about passing on the baton to somebody. To actually take something, a passion, or maybe it's a job, or a career, or a business, or a ministry, and to pass it on to the next generation. How do you do that well? How do you actually... Take something that God has gotten you to a certain point in your life. You're like, I got to hand this thing off. And how do you do that well? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be looking at um, the word mantle in the Bible. And we're going to look at what the Bible says about this from a point of view of Elijah and Elisha, which in 1 Kings is one of the first times that this word comes up. And it, it looks like Elijah passing on his, his mantle, his, um, the thing that God had called him to, to the next generation, Elisha. So when a mantle's passed on, there's a level of trust that exceeds daily trust of individuals. You're passing on a legacy. Maybe it's something you devoted 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years of your life into, that you're passionate about, the next generation running with it. My parents uh, started a church in their house, and um, my bedroom was the nursery of this church, and so this is my life. I grew up in the church. I share that a lot because it's like, it's such a true story. Like, I grew up in the church, in the church. It was my house. And kids would come over and break my He-Man, and then uh, just leave. They would, they, just, they would just leave. But anyways, uh, so my parents invested 25 years of their life into Milan Foursquare, which is downtown Milan, Illinois, right as soon as you get over the bridges. And they invested 25 years of their life and came to a point in the church where they're like, we got to hand this off. And we're, we actually feel called to, to something else now, which was to travel around the United States and play music. And so um, they brought a pastor in. He gave a really great speech, like killer and then the next Sunday, they put, uh, he dressed up in a running suit and he had a baton in his hand and he gave it to my dad and my dad gave it to him and said, you're going to run the race now for us. You're going to carry on Milan Foursquare, which doesn't exist anymore. So, so he, he had this baton pass on to him after 25 years of people who started it in their house, moving around you know, move around Milan up and down the hill and uh, finally passed it on to somebody else. This can be done well to actually pass a baton on to somebody, a mantle on to someone. It can be done well. And the church needs to learn how to do it well. In the next um, two to five years, we're part of the vineyard movement. In the next two to five years, there's going to be 39% of the churches in our movement out of the 500 churches in the United States, so 39% of them are going to be passing on the baton to the next generation because the vineyard started in the 80s. 
and everybody's at the point where they're ready to retire, especially most pastors after 2020 are just ready to retire. And so they're going to be passing this on. And it can be done really well where you can prepare people, you can look for the right people, you can train them. And I would love for us to look at what it looks like in the story of Elijah and Elisha. How can you pass on the baton? How can you pass on a mantle really well? Well, this is, like I said, one of the first times in the Bible that a mantle is passed on. Elijah is a prophet from God, which means that he receives a word from God and then he goes and shares it with kings and queens. And he's not only a prophet of God, but he's more of a warrior prophet. A lot of prophets, you know, would share something and then they would leave. But Elijah instead will share a word from God that nobody agrees with a lot of times. And the kings and queens didn't want to hear it. And he would have to stay there and kind of fight it out. So he does this. He shares words from God. And King Ahab and Jezebel don't like anything that he's saying. And so he actually runs away from them because they put a, they put a, um, they're trying to have him dead and try to kill him. So he'll stop sharing words. And so he runs off into the wilderness and Elijah has this time with God where he says, you know what, just take this mantle off of me. Just, I don't want it anymore. God, just please just take me away from this. And so he goes into a cave and God says, stay in the cave and I'm going to speak to you. And so a windstorm comes through, but God wasn't in the windstorm. And then a fire comes through and God wasn't in the fire. And then an earthquake happens, but God wasn't in an earthquake. And then God pulls him out of the cave with a still small voice and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Why did you run away? Where'd you think you were going to go away from my presence? Have you guys ever been there before? What are you doing here? Where are you going? You can't escape me. And so God says to Elijah, your story's not over. There's still so much left. I have something for you. We're going to pick it up in 1 Kings 19, 15. The still small voice of God says to Elisha, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. And go, go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Melhaloh, to succeed you as prophet. So this is the very first way. If you have a passion, if, if you're getting ready to hand off a baton to somebody else, one of the first things that you can do is before you're done, raise up the next generation. You know, before you've completely walked away from what it is that God's like put on your heart and that you've invested your life into, before you're done with that, raise up the next generation. Look for somebody in the next generation Elijah had given up. He's in one of the worst states of his life. He suffered from depression. He was fearful. And God comes to him in this moment and gives him directions on who's next. What are you doing here? I still have work for you to do. You're not done, Elijah. In fact, go back the same way you came. How many of you like returning to something you left? That's not fun at all, is it? 
This is a challenging request of God to head back into Abel and Jezebel who are trying to have you killed. Send you back that exact same way. I still have something for you there. So Elisha does what the Lord says. In verse 19, it says, Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. And he was plowing 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. And Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So as you're handing things off, before you're done handing things off to the next generation, give what you have. Give away what you have. Share what you have. Elijah takes off his cloak, which is his mantle, which is, it means he's a prophet of God, and he throws it on Elisha's shoulders. He gives away what, he's ha- what he has. Elijah's identity isn't wrapped up in his mantle. Otherwise, he'd be holding on to that. His identity is wrapped up in who God's called him to be. When our identity is wrapped up in our gift, it's really hard to give it away. But when our identity is wrapped up in who God has called us to be, it's like, I want to share this with you because it's beautiful and God has something for you. As we look for people in our life that we are supposed to raise up and we can share what we have, We can be open-handed with what God has given us. So share what you have. Look for the next person and and share what you have with them. Share your passions. Share share what God's done in in your life. Share what, what the Lord's brought you through. Share what you have. A side note on this is I love that Elijah says, go ahead, go back to your mom and dad and, and close really well because finishing somewhere strong and good is, is really important, isn't it? And so uh, notice that Elijah doesn't go, no, uh-uh, you're coming with me right now, either that or I'm gonna go find somebody else. I'm gonna go find someone else from the son of Snapchat, which doesn't say. But I'm gonna go find somebody else. So he lets him finish well, he lets him leave well. And Elisha does that. From this moment on, Elijah trains Elisha for six years. Some scholars say it's 20 years that he walks with him and talks with him and trains him and spends time with him and sitting around a fire and investing in him. Six years of an apprentice. Day after day, investing, teaching, training, hands-on application. And then you finally get to a point where it's time for Elisha to run the race. And Elijah asks him in 2 Kings 2.9, he says, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Elisha responds, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. And I think this is a really big one for us. If you've been following Jesus or if you've been 
running the race, maybe you started a business, maybe running a ministry, maybe you have a passion and, and helping in a, in a non-for-profit organization and investing your time and energy. There's this part where Elijah says, you know, you've asked for a really difficult thing. And I think where that's coming from is as you watch Elijah's journey, Elijah had to trust the birds to feed him. Like who wants this life? You know, he runs away. He's got a He's got people after him. It's a, it's a lonely journey for Elijah. He's hanging out in caves. And he says, you've asked for a really difficult thing, meaning this has been a really hard and challenging life. You really want two times this life? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? You've asked for a really difficult thing, Elijah says. And this is the third thing that we can do as we hand off a mantle is trust Jehovah Majen. Trust God to be the shield. Trust that God is actually, as you hand something off, that God is actually going to pr protect the person that you're handing it off to. So many times as you've, as you've developed something in your life and God's brought you to a point where you're ready to hand it off, it's like, I don't want to like, put this burden on anyone else. I don't want anyone else to have to carry this on because it's been really challenging. And that's where we trust God that, God, you got Elisha, the person that you're able to hand it off to, you can actually hand it off to him and trust that God will get them through everything that he's gotten you through. Jehovah Majin means that God is our shield and he will protect us. And so we can trust in God, that he will protect the person we're supposed to hand something off to. So as we pass on a mantle, we can listen for God's voice on who is the next generation that we're supposed to come alongside right now. Who has God highlighted in our life that we can actually share our passions, share, share what God's done in our life, and then give away what we have been given slowly, do it really slowly, trusting God in the whole process, and then trust the Lord that he will protect them. A couple of ways to get this started is looking around at the people that you're surrounded with. Maybe it's somebody at work that, that's always faithful, always shows up, comes in sick all the time. They're the ones. No, I'm just joking. The people that are faithful, look for the Elishas around us that we can actually take the time, pull them aside, like, what are, what are your dreams? Like, what, what's God doing in you? Where do you feel God's calling you? See if it lines up. Another part of the story in some ministry time today that I'd just like to share is maybe you've tried this in the past and people don't rise up to your expectations, you know? It's like, I've already tried a lot of that stuff, Neil, um, but, you know, people walk away or uh, they just don't rise up to the expectation. I, I was thinking that they would start doing these things and they didn't. And I just really felt like strongly, you know, a lot of us don't meet our own expectation. And so having these huge expectations for the Elishas in our life, um, we can remember what Jesus has brought us through and the character he's created in us and be reminded of that. 
So what I'd love to do today on this day of freedom is one thing is this, is if you've ran a really long race in the same direction, you put your heart and soul into something and you're just, man, I would love for somebody to take this mantle on. I just want to pray a prayer over you that the Lord would just highlight some people in your life that are, that are currently in your life right now that you, can, that you can start to see, start asking questions and even get to a point where, like, I'd love to just share what God's given me and love to just give it to you. If there's some people in your life right now that sometimes uh, we just overlook people and I just want to pray that the Lord would just start highlighting and clear your eyes of if you've tried that in the past and you, maybe the Lord's just inviting you and you know what, you need to try it again. I actually have some, somebody for you. I just want to pray for fresh eyes and fresh expectations today. So would you just pray with me? Hmm. Lord, we just invite you in this moment to um, just give us insight on what you're doing who you've been raising up around us. Lord, would we model this uh, transition, this, this um, mantle passing, this baton passing, could we model that really well as a church? Could we model that really well in our, in our businesses and in our careers and in our life? Could we be just great models of raising up people around us? So, Lord, I just pray for fresh eyes this morning for, for anyone that's ran, ran a really long race, either whether that be a passion that they've always had to see, to see something or to, to see a movement or to see your hand in this, Lord, that for any of us in this room that have ran a really long race, Lord, I pray that you just give us fresh eyes and fresh expectations of people that are around us that we can start to see and start to to share that, um, that baton with in time. Give us strength, Lord, to, to be able to do that well. To do that well. Lastly today, as we're just praying, um, I just really love this picture and this, this, uh, this story of Elijah and Elisha and the, the point of it that Jesus Christ ran the race that all of us couldn't run. He, he was born. He, he lived a life of no sin. He, he lived a life of sacrifice and, and pouring into people around him constantly, even when they turned their back on him. He still loved people. He still had compassion on them. And then he, he ran the race of dying on the cross once and for all and completely forgave every single one of us of everything we've ever done wrong and today he he hands the baton off and he says i have a whole new life for you i have a whole new life for you would you just follow me would you become a disciple learn from jesus
He has a brand new life today. And I just kept seeing the picture, uh, a, a picture at, at my, my parents' house. They have a, a picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking. And I just see him like, yeah, it's for you. It's everything that I have is for you. You can take this today. You can receive it. You can receive it well. Everything that Jesus has. And so I just want to invite you today to just receive everything that Jesus has that he wants to pass it on to you. It's, he invites us to even do greater works than what he did. Then he, he instills the Holy Spirit inside of us to live the life that we couldn't live on our own, but the Holy Spirit residing within us, we can live the life that he has for us. He gives us strength and power and joy and peace and love. He fills us with those things. And so today, I just love to close with just inviting Jesus in our hearts for every single one of us to just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my heart and would you fill me with your love? I just receive everything that you have for me, God. Every, everything that you are calling me into, I receive it right now. I receive forgiveness. I receive life everlasting. I receive everything that you have for me today. Come into my heart and fill me with your love. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us up from our head to our toes with the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance. God, would you fill us up with everything that you have, Lord? We just receive that. We don't want to run this race alone, God. We just receive your baton that you pass on to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen? Okay. If you, uh, if you start following Jesus today, I'd just love for you to raise your hand right now and just say, yep, yeah, that's me. I just started following the Lord. Amen. Very, very cool. Would you guys put your hands together? People are following Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's what we do. First service, we had about nine people raise their hand. Yeah. Let's run this race well and look for people around us to, to come alongside of us. Amen. Would you stand up with me? Let's just read this passage. So Jacob, our, our worship director, is actually, uh, he's off today. They're, they should be, they're expecting a baby. Him and his wife are expecting a baby. So keep them in prayer, please. Um, everything would just go amazing. And, uh, but anyways, he, he always has funny things that he says. If you know him, you know but he said, uh, this, the passage that we close with, he said, Neil, it says, therefore go. And I just wonder if people think like, that means like, therefore go and like discover your own journey and go find your way somewhere. And um, he's like, maybe we should say like, therefore stay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just, just an invite. And so I just wanted to be clear on this. We say it every single Sunday. We've said this passage for seven and a half years as a church. We started this church with saying this passage before we leave. And what this means is go, go into your workplace. Go into your family. 
Go into your friends, into your neighborhood, into your apartment complex, and, and have eyes that are open to who's God working with here? Who is it that, that the Lord's inviting me to make a connection with? And, and just be the love of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. It doesn't mean go away forever. <laughs> it means go into everything that we do. So therefore go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I'm with you always, even to the end of the world.